Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, man, we'll briefly talk about the Super Bowl. It's been a while. I'm not doing that newborn dad thing. It's it's getting tougher uh us to get, you know, get our times lined up. But uh I got some some backup facts to uh something I mentioned on the show last week. We'll look into some fantasy wide receivers, uh top finishes over the last four years did it with the quarterbacks, did it with the running backs, gonna look at the wide receivers this week. And then I'm thinking maybe we talk about some quarterback needy teams in the NFL. But first, Kevin Reynolds, how you doing? Well, living a dream, buddy. Had some nice weather here for a while, got on the courts. Then we had snow two out of five days. So <laughs> that's been going on. A little chilly here now, but not too bad. Uh, Maryland's weird in the spring, man. Maryland, yeah, PA. It is. Very yeah. But it got me excited. I'm pumped up. It's going to be warm soon. And then I'm back to my 60-hour weeks. I'm, I'm pretty pumped because I'm – I'm just about wintered out, brother. Yeah, man. Some of the I remember living up there. Some of the biggest blizzards we've had came in March. Yep, because it's the most moisture. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it, it, all the things seem to come together for the the March are usually the big storms we get. So we got a ways to go here. I have no delusions of grandeur, but it is February twentieth. So I got maybe a month and a half till I'm back full swing again. Uh, yeah, I, I got no snow down here, man. It, it ain't happening. North Carolina, eastern North Carolina Lucky is going to be getting you. zero snow. Lucky you. Well, I could use a snow every now and then. Yeah, I couldn't. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So I was thinking about something right before we got on the show here. My life in the last two weeks has been packed full of pizza. Uh, we got, pizza. we went out and got pizza. Yeah. We got pizza at a local spot like two weekends ago, which was nice. And then, you know, you have the leftovers a day or two, um, after that. And then I had a school function last week that we had pizza at my son had his birthday party this past weekend, pizza, pizza, pizza. So I was thinking of the top four delivery folks. And we, you know, we, we hit up the, the Taco Bell, the McDonald's discussion last time or we got Pizza Hut, we got Papa John's, we got um, Little Caesars, we got Domino's. Yeah. What's your list? Them list your top four for ease of ordering and lots of good deals and prices. It's Domino's. Um, now our Little Caesars here is nice. Our morning, so I don't know if it was here when you lived here. It has the drive-through, like you just wall, yeah. roll on up and get yourself a six-dollar pepperoni pizza. Sometimes it's freshly made. Sometimes it's like eating a piece of cardboard, some pepperonis on it, uh, like they cooked it last Thursday. Um, Papa John's is really good. I love the great thing about Papa John's; they give you the garlic butter stuff for dipping. But my favorite, as far as overall taste and blast from the past, is still Pizza Hut. It's just it. It's the best of those four, as far as quality, taste. For me, a, a a pan pizza from Pizza Hut is just the shiznit. Um, yes, I agree. And again, we're not talking local spots here. We're just talking no, about no, the no. Big this is the fast food chain stuff. Yeah, and there's other chains like what is it like Marcos or something that we don't have. We don't have. But um, you for me, like Lido's in Maryland. Yeah, you know all these things. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Pizza Hut is is the king for me in terms of 
big box pizza, yeah. right? It used to be Papa John's for the longest time, but it's been a while since I've had Papa John's and thought, mm, boy, this was this was all right. Little Caesars, for me at least, is very consistent. It's not gonna, it's not winning any taste yeah. tests. But for me, I, I'm missing the the I know what you're talking about. The old cardboard, we made it four yeah. days ago pizza. But dude, I haven't had one of them in a long time. Caesars, I think, is my number two, simply because you can hit that drive through six dollars. You got yourself a pepperoni and you're good yeah. to go. Uh, Domino's is last for me. Man, you, no, no, you no. Are, as far as quality, hundred percent, they are dead last. They're terrible. But the thing is, is it's it's hard to come across a pizza that's bad. So they're the worst of those, but it still tastes good. Alexandra loves the garlic knots. We'll get some lava cakes. They've got decent subs. I get now and again. It's just the ease and the price. And I've got like about fifteen free pizzas coming to me. So, so all that makes Domino's, and they're so fast, and it's clean. Like, you walk in our Domino's here, it's so clean and nice and well-run. But quality and taste, it's definitely fourth. I think the fact that you are talking about the subs that they have yeah. speaks volumes to the quality of pizza they're throwing out there. Well, that may be, but they, they are good <laughs> subs and pizza. I like to give me a buffalo chicken sub every once in a blue moon. They're tasty. Uh, all right. Do you have much to say about the Super Bowl? I mean, it's been talked about everyone, everywhere. No, we haven't talked kind about of late it. to the show. It was here. it wasn't really exciting until really the the last half of the fourth quarter. It was a pretty mundane game. Um, you and I talked beforehand. Again, it, some of your conspiracy theories are starting to come to light. I, I put something on our on our our web page of yes how how their last three of these Super Bowl victories they haven't had a single holding call against them. And I know they don't they don't have a boatload anyway, but zero. That's not true, That's not true because it, our buddy John McGrogan, a friend of the show, he posted a link. I don't know if you checked it out. The Chiefs, I think, from what I read, were had the second most holding calls in the league this year. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, I did see something about it, but I wasn't sure exactly. No, I didn't zero in the Super Bowl. Yeah, zero in three Super Bowl wins. I mean, yeah. We've talked, anybody knows football knows you could call holding on every single play. So to not call it for 180 minutes plus with this overtime straight, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, I love it, man. It was a disappointing game, but I do feel, again, Andy Reid is the creme de la creme of coaches. I think he outcoached Shanahan again, and I wish and hope and pray that somehow the Ravens could trade for Andy Reid. Uh, don't we all, man? Um, two blunders, big blunders for me. How many touches did Christian McCaffrey have? I think it was like the third quarter or something where they stopped running the ball. I mean, McCaffrey yeah, he, um, was. We had 22 runs, eight catches, so 30 touches. It wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. I mean, he had 160 total yards, and it wasn't enough. They, When you have Christian McCaffrey – in the biggest game yeah. of the season, and he's successful. He's making it happen. You give that dude, you give that dude as many touches as he can handle. You run him into the ground in one game. Yeah, and, and you're when your your leading receiver is Juwan Jennings as far as catches. Dude, let me ask you a question. Speaking of Juwan Jennings, who not only had a receiving touchdown, but joined Nick Foles as the only two players in Super Bowl history to have a receiving touchdown and a passing touchdown. In the same game, he, I think he gets my vote for Super Bowl MVP if the Niners win. 
He, I mean, he had a very he, good chance of it. He, I mean, did, he did it all, he man. Did the most. My yeah. issue, though, is when you have this. He's essentially in any other day. He's the number five guy on your offense, and you make him the focal point of your offense. Almost not not the focal point of McCaffrey, but you you're basically not using these other weapons you have, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And, and look, okay, so then maybe the argument is, well, you know, they recovered, they had a good defensive you know, scheme. And look, the Chiefs have a great defense, but Andy Reid gets dudes open. I don't know if you watched the last two Super Bowls, but he had guys wide open oh, yeah. in the end zone. That's what you do as a good coach. You scheme your players because open. Because he's not an egotistical maniac. He literally will scheme anything he can to make things work. He doesn't care about that. Where Shanna Hannigan's, this is my offense. I'm the offensive genius of the universe, and this is the way it's going to run. And if we lose, I'd rather lose with my ego intact. Another blunder, and I, I mean, I hear people arguing against what I'm about to say, but given the and and I know it came out later that the the 49ers said they did not understand the the changed overtime rules in the playoffs. But you don't receive the kickoff in overtime. You have to know what you need. Yes. They came down and, you know, they get, was it fourth and whatever, and they kick the field goal in overtime with that first possession. The thing is, if the roles were flipped and the Chiefs went down and the Chiefs scored a touchdown, well, you're not going to kick that field goal if you lose the game. You go for it on fourth and three. You go for it on fourth and yeah. 15. You got to know. And the whole game, the whole everything changes, even with the, the play calling, because you know. If the Chiefs score a touchdown, they get the ball first, they score a touchdown. You have four downs every single possession. Like yeah. every time you get you have four downs to get that first down. And it's just mind blowing that they would want the ball in that situation. And it's different than the regular season. Regular season, if the first team scores a touchdown, the game is over. If they just get a field goal, the other team's guaranteed a possession, they can get a field goal and continue. In this it doesn't matter what you do. You could throw a 75-yard bomb on the first play, get a touchdown, the other team still gets a chance to tie. The other Unless thing, there's a defensive score, right? Well, yeah, but that's – yeah, Right. Because then all the other all the other team would have to do is just take three kneel downs, right? But we're talking just offensively here. The other thing, and like Romo and Nance didn't really explain at the end of the game, is um, some people were upset online that they needed to rush more well at the end because the time was almost, that, almost out of that quarter, but that's not true. They could have had – third and nine and time run out and it would still be third and nine. The time just continues into the second overtime quarter. So that's another thing in the regular season. If you get to the end of that time and you're down that, that, that field goal, you just lost. If you run out of time, that, that other team can run 14 minutes off the clock of the overtime. Actually, I guess and that's another thing. It's only 10 minutes, nine minutes of it off, kick the field goal. You don't even have time to score. So all these little things that make it so it was the stupidest decision. There, there's there's no way you could possibly say, like, you know, we want the ball, we want to get down there and score and set the tone. Like, what tone? You idiot, you just made it easier for them because now they know what they have to do instead of what they could do. We've all made dumb decisions. And then you live with it. You lay in bed, you're like, man, why did I do that? Why did I say that? You know, I should have done this or gone there or whatever. Can you imagine laying in bed knowing, unless your ego is big enough, you don't blame yourself, but knowing that you made that terrible call to, to I don't want to say lose the Super Bowl because, you know, there's a lot more goes into it, but to handcuff your team in the biggest game of the year in overtime. Can you imagine living with that? That's tough. 
it, it's stupid from a statistical standpoint. It's it is beyond stupid. But fact is, they still had to play football. If they could have just, right. if they just said, "Look, our defense would have just stopped them," it wouldn't have mattered. That's true. But you definitely you set a different tone, a different dynamic of what they're going. Like you said, the 49ers weren't necessarily going to go for any fourth downs on that first one. But when you've already know the other team scored, you know you've got to go for it on fourth and thirteen from your own twenty-two. Because you don't have a choice. You've lost if you don't. You have to do it. So, uh, strange. The only other thing I got for that game was that stupid crap of Travis Kelsey, who I dislike even more now, slammed into Reed. You and I both know if we'd have ever done that when we were growing up, our coaches would have taken us by the neck and thrown us to the sideline. But worse was what was going to happen when we got home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I at least will give him props for going on the show with his brother because his brother just straight up, Jason called him out and said, dude, you, you just admitted you you crossed the line you shouldn't have. You made a huge mistake. And Kelsey at least finally owned up to it. So all the people that were online that were defending it, like, oh, it was the heat of the moment. Oh, you don't know the relationship. I'm not going to buy any of the crap. We've all played sports. And never in my life did I have the audacity to run up, slam into my coach, and scream holy hell in his ear for five seconds till one of my teammates had to literally drag me away. So at least I'm, I'll give him traps. I'll give you props for at least owning up to and saying, you know what? I screwed up. Kids, please don't do that. Ugh, that dude, times are changing, man. Society are, is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> imagine if he did just imagine if he hit him 5% harder and actually knocked him over. Dude, what if that had been Bill Belichick in like 2005? So I'm saying, yeah, Belichick would have threw him out of the state. Oh yeah, yeah, he might have, he might have cut him. <laughs> Dude, do you remember back? Do you, do you remember when Mike Singletary sent Vernon Davis to the, to oh, the yeah. locker room? And Vernon Davis went crying in the locker room. Yeah, crying oh. to the press conference after the game. It's, it's 80, you're right. It's a different world. Like I said when when we were growing up, it wasn't just what my coach was going to do to me. Maybe kicking off the team, team. It was what my parents were going to do to me for disrespecting my coach. Publicly like that. Dude, the year is 1985. The Bears are in the Super Bowl, and Walter Payton shoves Mike Ditka and screams at him on the sideline. They could probably kick the crap out of him. Punch him right there in the face. He said, they oh, said, I don't know if you've seen God. the interview. He said that um a little a couple minutes later, he went over reading got Kelsey on the bench and said, Look, basically, shit happens. You know, this was crazy. You shouldn't have done this. It looks bad. And you got to remember, this is the Super Bowl. There's 300 million people around the world that just watched that happen. You know, we we got your Dayton Taylor Swift. You should know by now the cameras on you all the time. And good for Andy Reid for holding it together. Honestly, he did because you you, you know could he tell had, he, he was shell shocked for a couple seconds. Oh like, yeah, what was that? <laughs> yeah. I think it was Jarek McKinnon. Good that good that they uh. Cleared Jerry McKinnon for the game. I think he's the one that pulled Kelsey away from us. Mm -mm -mm. All right. I mentioned something, I believe, on our last show that you thought was preposterous. Here I am with some backup. You ready? Is it your little Aikman routine? It is. It is my little Aikman it, saying I, that. I can't Troy even Aikman... buy into this because this is nothing more than your Eagles BS. Kevin, and it, it's, it's just hard to even buy into with you anymore. I... I have arguments against Terry Bradshaw, against it's we come on, we know this, Joe Namath. this but give it to us, give it to us. Thank you, thank you. Troy Aikman, his very best season as a passer. He is quarterback. And look, he's got three Super Bowl wins, right? Thirty four hundred passing yards, twenty-three touchdowns, 
was the most passing touchdowns he's had in a season. And that season, he also had 14 interceptions. He only had 20 passing touchdowns once in a season, and that was it. Second most was 19. Out of his 11 seasons in the NFL, he only had five winning seasons. That's it. While he played, he had a Hall of Fame running back, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, arguably the best offensive line of all time. If I had you sit down and name famous offensive linemen, you'd come up with these names. Larry Allen, who's in the Hall of Fame, Nate Newton, uh, Mark Stepnoski, Eric Williams. Like this dude had everything given to him. Touchdown interception ratio, 165 to 141. He was never an all pro. Well, he played in a different time, a different era. I think you may have mentioned that. False. He had seasons with 432 pass attempts. 442, 455, 473, and 518 pass attempts. Those numbers put him right in the middle of the pack in today's NFL. Yeah, but it's still 60. a different offense. It wasn't nearly as many deep throws. But you're right. It wasn't that drastically different. Under 62% completion percentage for his career. Don't forget, on defense, Charles Haley, Ken Norton Jr., Darren Woodson, Neon Deion Sanders. This The Cowboys did not need Troy Aikman. To win a Super Bowl. And that's my point. They did not need him. So, so what what are you arguing? I'm not sure what the, what are you arguing? Brad Johnson, right? We said sometimes there are anomalies because he had that awesome defense in Tampa Bay. His se- his, his in nineteen ninety-nine was his best season. He was with Washington at the time. Four thousand passing yards, twenty-four touchdowns, thirteen picks. Brad Johnson's best season in the NFL looks exactly like Troy Aikman's best season right. in the NFL. So what My I, argument I is Troy Aikman does are, what are we what should what not be in the Hall of Fame. Overarching point. Troy Aikman does not belong in the Hall of Fame. You, you you made an argument that you cannot tell the history of the NFL without Troy Aikman. I'm arguing you could make Troy Aikman almost any other quarterback that's half decent and the Super Bowl wins are the same. Maybe they win more. Maybe they don't win any. Mm, that's in this my is argument. It's all just theoretical crap because he did win sure. three Super Bowls. Obviously, it's the original. um. I I don't know what to say. You, you can't just use straight up stats. Um, you could try you, your you right know, by you and McGrogan stats. Dan Marino was maybe the worst quarterback that ever lived because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Oh, by no, your I, stats, Jalen Hurts is total trash. Did you read that article that came out today that was written by Sims, Chris Sims, just ripping Jalen Hurts apart for all the same reason you just said. You have all these playmakers. You had this badass defense. You had all this stuff, and look, you're still losing. We didn't have a bad – Not this year he didn't, but last yeah, year yeah, he yeah. had a record-setting, NFL all-time record-setting defense. So yeah. you you can pick things apart and throw stats out and throw this out, but all of it is really meaningless. The guy won three Super Bowls. He was the leader of the team. I admit he didn't have crazy stats, but he's there. I mean, part of the reason he didn't have a lot of touchdown throws is because Emmitt was busy running in 20 a year. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't really care if he's in the Hall of Fame or not, but I do feel that it's definitely difficult to write the history of the NFL without that the core of that dynasty because they were pretty hardcore. They were tough to beat. Sure, but they didn't need him. Well, you could say that, that they didn't really need Emmett either. There was a, a, a half the core, core the running backs in the league could have ran in there and ran behind that line. You yes. didn't really need Michael Irvin in his plodding down the field. You can make a, a 
uh, arguing you didn't need Dion. They won two of the Super Bowls without Dion. Keep going. I like this. Keep That's going. That's what I'm saying. You can make a case Screw them that Cowboys. you didn't need any, any particular Boo. one of them. Ooh, Dallas. No, but for real. <laughs> Dude, don't get me started on Emmett. I'll do a whole show on how Emmett is the most overrated running back of all I time. Think I think I agree with you, but I also feel that he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's Well, yes, I agree. Emmett belongs in the Hall of Fame. He has Hall of Fame numbers. Troy Aikman doesn't. The only real numbers he had, he had because of longevity. That's about it. And the greatest offensive line ever assembled, quite possibly. So, so right, I, I don't good. know how you would – I I'd hate to, for you to be a Hall voter then because it's obvious your allegiances to the Eagles would affect your voting greatly. And then you no, know all I these other weird things where the, the most obscure players would end up Hall of Famers. So players that actually won who didn't put up quite as good as stats wouldn't. It's the Hall Deion of Fame, not in. the Hall of Stats. Emmett gets in. Well, yeah. Michael Irvin probably might get in. I have to take a closer look at him. Like I still can't believe that people like Tory Holt aren't in. It's re- it's insane. I, yeah. Antonio Gates, arguably the second best tight end of all time, doesn't go in on his first try. It's just a I'm, bunch yes. of stupid old men with their stupid thoughts, their allegiances to certain teams, guys that won't vote anybody in on their first uh, uh, chance out of some stupid ancient Dude, reason. Antonio Gates is wild. He didn't get in first ballot. It's just all these things. It's all stupid. Um. Like, like, look at Bradshaw through or Joe Namath. More interceptions, I think, than touchdowns. How do you that's, write the history of the NFL without Joe Namath in it? Okay, if he did not guarantee a win, then he's not in. Like maybe not he, but because it's the of Hall the of circus, fame, not he, the Hall of Stats, circus he created, not the Hall of Stats. But that's also a thing where it's it's up to the interpretation of the voter or whoever is the Hall of Fame based on stats or is it based on telling the story. And I kind of lean both. I, I see both. It's got to be both, but it's got to be the story because there's all kinds of people in the Hall of Fame that never played it down. Oh, like um, like front office guys. Front and all office that stuff. guys. Um, I don't know if they're maybe a referee or two or commissioners or all these things. They didn't they're, even play, and they're still in it. What 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 were their stats based on? How many first round? Not how many great first round picks? I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's, I, so much of this is just relative to the player, to their era, you know, to what they were doing. You could say someone like Ozzie Newsom being in the front office with the Ravens. He could be in twice. Being a general manager. Yeah, right. And drafting all right. of those incredible players. Right. Yeah. Already, and as a player, you could put him in a second time as one of the best GMs ever. Will be. He will be. Well, he's I'm, already I'm in it once. I don't know if they'll really elect him twice, but I imagine it would say something under his plaque that – also, oh, okay. he did this. Like he was all, he's already been – or Dicka could be elected as both. His tight end, who at the time was, in his day, the greatest tight end, the greatest – he revolutionized the position. And then right. as a coach later, you know. There's, there's just so many things to go to. I just want my Hall of Fame that I can go in there and see a name and like, yes, this guy meant something to the NFL. This person belongs here instead of just straight stats. That's why yes. I don't know why – like Tory Holt. He's got all of it. He's got the stats and the and the Super Bowl ring. I don't know how he's not in. All right. How did Andre no, Johnson get in on his first try? Really? Over Gates. I know that one. That one's I struggled Oops, with. It, he was a great player, but I don't know that, that his first try. That just seemed odd. At no point did I ever even consider him the best receiver in the game in any given year. 
he might have put up some stats close to it, or or it maybe even was one one year, but I still want to put him over some of the other guys. I wonder how many all pros he had. Don't know. I saw all uh, the probably stats more than Aikman, elected. They had it all probably more than Aikman zero. Offhand. I don't know. It's it's all very subjective and, and you have to take your self away from your certain allegiances. All right. Let's look at these fantasy wide receivers over the last four years. Uh 2021. I'm sorry, 2020, 21, 22, and 23. There were three wide receivers that were on that made the top 12 all four years. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. They surprise you? Does it surprise me that they were all top four the last four years? I'll tell you, I'll be surprised if Diggs is on it next year. I got almost no chance. I'll be surprised if he's even on the Bills next year. Oh, gosh, man. he what? How did he really fell off the second what half? What a freaking of diva. Well, he started on fire, too, man. And he's going to be going. Um, Gabe Davis all but got on Twitter today and said, yep, I'm not going to be back here. So well, uh, yeah. they're going to be starting over. But I think they'll make a splash or get somebody big in the uh, – because there's some, there's some solid – at least five solid receivers coming out. They should be able to uh, land yeah. one of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit them maybe next week or the week after. Uh, J.J., Mike Evans, and um, A.J. Brown made three of the four years. DK, Debo, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, and Amon Ra, your boy, Amon Ra. There's my boy. Um, yeah, they made it twice, and then a bunch of one-year guys. Well, some Jamar of them Chase. came around all four years, so, like, right. Um, oh, yeah. Rise. Yeah. Yep. And which year did um, JJ miss? This year because of he missed, like, eight games, seven correct. games? That's correct. Yeah, because Jefferson's been a monster since he got in. Yeah. And, then, man, what a what – a, uh, I don't know. Letdown's not the word, I guess, but Jamar Chase – Man, only making it, only making it twice. Just injuries are injuries. killing him. Yeah, he's yeah, hurt all the damn time. It's hard when you miss half the season. Yeah, uh, two of those years, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two, were right around three hundred points. And then we had Cooper Cup in twenty one that blew up to three sixty seven. And then CD Lamb this year at three thirty five, second most over the last four years. Uh, but then the bottom twelve, it's it's interesting to see how this works out with almost every position. The top one is separated minus Cooper Cup's 367, but usually within, um, you know, 20 points or so. And then the bottom, same deal. We got Allen Robinson, believe it. 2020 was wide receiver number 12. But uh, they ranged between 199 Bears, then? and 214. No, that was... Uh, Jax? Well, Who was had to be the Bears. I can't remember. It might have been his Jags year. Dude, I don't know. We have to look that up quick. I'll look him up right now. Yeah, do that. Do that. Uh, 2020 was the year. Uh, but yeah, man, we got – and the new guys coming in to um, this year that had not been on it before. Rookie, sensation, Puka Nakua was wide receiver number four. Um, Nico Collins coming out of nowhere. What was this, his sophomore year uh, making it? He was number nine. That was surprising. Uh, and I think in points per game, Tank Dell was up there too, boy. Oh, yeah. You have to watch out for these Houston receivers. I'm I'm excited for that young squad, dude. Sweeping the awards. We didn't even talk about awards yet, but offensive rookie of the year and the off or the defensive rookie of the year. Man, people were questioning them when they took they took Stroud at two and then traded away the farm to move up to number three to take Will Anderson back to back picks. And my 
Gosh, did that pay off or I what? I have one fear for them though that that they're Let's too much too quick. You think so? We we could have a little uh, sophomore slump next year if our heart heads get a little too too big for ourselves. But boy, do they have a a, a stack lineup if they can fit some pieces. Um, Allen Robinson, two thousand twenty with Chicago. Okay, under two catches, twelve hundred fifty yards, six TDs. About that. Not bad. Good for him, man. But we talk about a drop off. Oh yeah, he's and he didn't he just re up. I think he re-upped a couple weeks ago with the Steelers. I think he, they really wanted to keep him for depth. That'll be awesome. He should get two to three targets per month. <laughs> depth? My, They're going okay. to now have the worst, most awful fantasy lineup in the world, unless you have Najee Harris or Jalen Warren. What? Look, what if they bring in Russell Wilson or somebody? Poor George. What's it going to matter if you hand the ball off 47 times? It's true. Arthur Smith is the worst. <laughs> That was a that was a great the worst, segue. Jerry, the worst. <laughs> love love Seinfeld. Um, great segue. Quarterback needy teams. I'm going to throw out some. There's there's a bunch I think. I will see what there you think about you. Is. Uh, right. And by and you then, and I, uh, McGrogan's theory, there's every team in the league needs a new quarterback except for the Chiefs. Just about. Just about. And then we got some free agent quarterbacks and maybe some others on the move. So you give me a yay or a nay. Do you think this team needs a quarterback? New England Patriots. Yay. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yay. Tennessee Titans. Yay. This is fun. Las Vegas. Yay, because Garoppolo will be gone. Denver. We have to assume Russell Wilson's gone, yeah, correct? Yeah, there's no way. He's, there's no way. He, and they put his house up for sale this week. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, yay. Definitely yay. New York Giants. Nay. Okay. Washington. Yeah. Yay. He's awful. Minnesota. I mean. Well, that all depends. On Kirk. Right. They, right. If they can get Kirk back, they're fine. Otherwise, boy, right. the other uh, yeah. four of the five guys that he played out there were awful. Awful. Tampa, Tampa's got to be a yay. Unless well, they it's bring a yay back. if they don't re-sign Baker. Right. But all, 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 all signs point to yes. <laughs> <laughs> David Buddy was another Seinfeld reference. <laughs> Uh, Atlanta. Yay. Oh, yeah. That's the biggest yeah. mess in the league. Seattle. They just brought back Geno Smith. No, like uh, yeah, they did. Million. They basically paid him his bonus just so they have a backup plan and set in case the draft doesn't work. That's so, all they yeah. did. They, they basically paid a $7 million retainer fee. Agree 100%. Um, I, dude. as you know, I've been saying from the start, this guy, this is smoke and mirrors. You felt differently. I don't know how you Only feel slightly. now, but uh, if I do, they need a new quarterback. I would say nay. Could they use a new quarterback? Yay. Yeah. Dude, and you know what's sad? This one is is kind of joking, but it's not. Uh, I wrote Carolina. The question mark. No, nay, no. They got to get oh. a chance with an actual. Oh, I know. Team around. I know. I know. I can't. I can't. I can't do one year with that that team and in, in Just like I don't think the Chiefs only win because of Mahomes. I don't think they only lose because of Young. That's a, that's a crop. All right, tennis. So that was tennis. Ones got yays, depending on Minnesota and Tampa Bay. If they bring back those yeah, because those are different situations with just free agent quarterbacks as opposed to this is what we have. 
could we do better? With them, it's we have something decent here, but we got to make the numbers work right. Um, the but I would love to see class. Cousins go to Atlanta. Oh, Lord, I would love that. Oh, man. Well, but when he's away from JJ, you hate that. I know, JJ. but he's got London. He's got those Gordon two Addison. backs. He's got finally Pitts has a real quarterback for the first time in his career. Because by the time he had Matt Ryan, it was old man Matt Ryan selling an ice cream truck. It's not the same. I think it could be juicy. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, all right, so Kirk Cousins, we mentioned him, free agent. Ryan Tannehill, does he excite you at all? Why on earth would – like there was talk there for a while that he might end up in Pittsburgh. Like, why Why would you want him? <laughs> Arthur Smith, man. Tannehill from five years ago. I said, yes, what an upgrade. He's done. It's over. Back up, right? How about Gardner Minshew? Let's say you're Tampa and Baker goes somewhere else. I, I would bring – I wouldn't mind bringing a stash. It had to be a team-friendly contract. Oh, of course. Oh, well, he's going to be team too up that. and down. He has too many good games, too many games that are just he literally loses the game for the team with his fumbles and picks. But yeah, as he's he's a better backup than a lot of these. As a backup, he's better than a lot of the starters in the league. Well, I mean, he proved that with the Colts this year. Yeah, I so, so I, I can handle yeah. that. If if you lose Baker to bring Stash in, it could be much worse. I think with the Colts, if I'm the Colts and I have. Um, Anthony Richardson on that cheap rookie deal. Yeah. I do what I can to bring Gardner Minshew back because he knows your offense. He's already showed that he can win some ball games. I do what I can to make sure he stays. I saw Vegas odds the other day. He's like in the top 10 for MVP next year. Who? Oh, Anthony Richardson. Richardson. If he can stay healthy and put up the kind of numbers he did those first four games. Uh, well, Big I mean, parts with Mike Pittman coming back. Free agent. Oh, man. I know. We'll get to those wide receivers. And, and with and Tampa, too, big thing is Evans coming Evans, back. Evans, right. It's huge, dude. The most reliable receiver in the game. In history. Is there, I, is you're absolutely money to go 10, 10 straight years with 1,000 yards, right? 100%. Most reliable Jerry ever. Could, I could be wrong. Nobody's put up these kind of numbers ever. Same. 10 years straight like he has. No, no right, sign gonna, of slowing down either. I'm going to give you a list of a couple here, and you just – if you had to pick one that you want the most, you tell me which one it is. Josh Dobbs, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Drew Locke, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold. Mason this is the, Rudolph, not even close. Really? He's the only one that can is proven that he can win. Might not Josh, be as flashy as the others. Might not throw up seventy rushing yards. He's the only one that wins. He wins. I think I might, That's all I, I care about. Sense. I want to win. I wouldn't care if Lamar threw for 2,000 yards and seven touchdowns if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. I don't care. I want wins. How sad is this quarterback free agent class? And that's the thing. I don't think it's a sad free agent class. It's a sad state of the entire position. There's only 32 viable spots on earth, of which maybe only 12 to 15 are could be considered reliable, of which only five are really top tier, of which only one ever apparently wins. <laughs> uh, I got one more free agent quarterback I purposely left off. Okay, throw it at me. Joe Flacco. He's got to go somewhere. I mean, he did he not prove to the NFL, you bring <laughs> me in, you got a chance to win. You would think. I, mean, I read if, an article today that he was tainted in that playoff loss. Like, dude, they got blown out. They didn't really barely belong in the playoffs. Look, he you wouldn't have even been in that game if it wasn't for the way he played. 
he is better than at least 12 of the starting quarterbacks in the league right now. From And look, this is coming from a Ravens fan, from Kevin. I get it, but I am anti-Ravens. They're my second least favorite team, and I'm telling you right now, from a, at least from a, I don't know about real football, a little bit real football, definitely fantasy. What if the Buccaneers don't bring back Baker, they do bring back Evans, and they bring back Joe Flacco? I'm taking Mike Evans as high as I can. Yeah, you just got it's another Baker Mayfield with a little less mobility. Just a guy who's going to chuck the right, ball man. 42 attempts a game, and he's going to throw right. the ball deep. So, you know, Evans is going to get at least one ball that's a catch of 40 yards or more. It might not be a TD, but he's going to get at least one long ball. Uh, who would, who Again, would you prefer? Do you want to win, or are you more worried about what the press says because you, your quarterback's 39? Who gives a crap how old he is? I bet Devontae Adams would prefer Joe Flacco over all the trash that's O'Connell. been thrown to him all last year. Of course he would. Oh, he's going to get the ball. He's going to get a nice ball. He's going to get deep balls. I think Flacco could still stand flat foot and throw a ball 65 yards in the air. He's got a cannon. You mentioned um, Kirk Cousins to Atlanta. What about Justin Fields? There's obviously whispers about that going down. Yeah, you know, there's him there. There's him going to Pittsburgh. There's him going to the Raiders. There's. I still think the Bears are shooting themselves in the foot with all this. The more I read, the more I research, the more I think they shouldn't trade the pick or that they should trade the pick and let Caleb Williams walk and just trade ravage another team. That's so interesting. You say that because the more I read and the more I think about it, the more I say, get them out fields that is, and take your pick at one. It's all good. There's so few quarterbacks that win Super Bowls, and I'm not convinced Justin Fields is going to do it. And if he can't win you a Super Bowl, find someone who can. Go for Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams doesn't work out, find the next guy. Yeah, I guess. But they and that's, and that's different starting to build. And, and, and the it, things, the pieces they could get to make up for all the other crap mm-hmm. that they had, like that awful bottom, you know, like bottom five defense, and, and to bring in. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and all all these things they could do, man. I just don't see how Caleb Williams and then just what you still already have is going to solve anything. That's all they're really doing because you're not going to get a lot for Fields. You're going to get maybe a second rounder this year and a third rounder next year for him. I, I don't think it's so shoring up all the problems. And what we were discussing the other day, what could become the strongest division in the NFL for the next year right. or two. And I, I mean, do you really feel Justin Fields can? And lead your team to win that division? I think Justin Fields, with all those other pieces, has a better chance than Caleb Williams and the current Bears roster. And, and I don't disagree with you here. The the My thoughts on this and where I stand, this has been like um, a transition for me. This is not who I – normally I am stick with your guys, stick with who you have, that kind of deal. But this is – I don't know. It's, man, the more I, I look at – I, I – study up on the history of the game and and really see how these quarterbacks, these Patrick Mahomes, these Tom Brady's, these Peyton Manning's, they just, those are the guys you need to find yourself one of those guys. And yeah, but you don't know that Kelly Williams is going to do any of that. Right, right, right. But but I mean, that's where Brady you take that gamble. Brady was drafted in the sixth round. <laughs> right, that, that's where you take that gamble. And if it pays off, great. If it doesn't, man, you just you just throw another dart. And it, but I get I. Normally, I would agree with that logic because I want to win Super Bowls. You know, I hate the whole right. Ravens mediocrity right. crap. The Steelers, I'm not. I hate the Steelers, but I can't believe they're they. They always defend Tomlin, defend this. Well, they've had 17 straight winning seasons. But like, yeah, but win Super Bowls, and they did win two, but or one with him. You could get so 
much for that pick. Correct. For a guy that we don't know if he's going to, he might be the next Jamarcus Russell. Last three years in the league, I'm not saying he's rolling on that purple drink, but he might lose <laughs> two games here. Go, he's up in the stands crying to mommy, doing his thing. I don't know that this guy's going to be anything. Trevor Lawrence, we thought was going to be the God who walk his man. He's had some success, but now it seems like he's not maybe flatlined. He's maybe regressing. So there is no guarantee. What there is a guarantee is if you keep Fields, who is showing signs of improvement, the team loves him. And now you can trade Ravage another team and get all these holes that you need, like an, a left tackle, an edge rusher, you had a team that was finally looking at the end of the season. What they won like four of the last six games, some along those lines, against some quality opponents. I, I don't know. I just I, you finally having success, and what do we decide we're going to do? Well, let's just blow it up and start all over again. That doesn't make any sense to me. They're not going down. They were in, they improved more wins, better offense, a little better defense. Fields looked competent at least, and now we're going to just explode it up again and start from scratch. Finding a franchise quarterback is so, so difficult. But it's a lot of it's luck. Right. But if you do, that makes up for a lot of the holes that other holes you have on your I mean, think about those Colts defenses for Peyton Manning when he won in Indy. They weren't that good. They could get after the passer because Peyton Manning got him a lead and then it was just rushed to get after the quarterback. Yeah, they, I mean, they had free knees, so that that didn't hurt. They did have a couple good pieces, right? They didn't necessarily have top five yes. defenses, but they Bob it wasn't Sanders like they were twenty eighth in the league either. I I, I, I don't um, know, dude. It, it, it's really and whatever they do, it's the Bears, so it's going to most likely backfire. <laughs> so whatever they choose, we'll know which one of <laughs> we'll us will be wrong. Right. It's like us in fantasy. No matter what we do, it's going to uh, be the wrong pick. Do you realize Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo has a twenty eight million dollar? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people Money. get paid a lot in the NFL with these guaranteed contracts. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast now. Back to that's something I want to talk about here. Whenever you're done with all your bullet points of everything, we have two, two quick things I want to talk about. Um, I think that's it. Oh, but I do want to tease a little something for as we get closer to draft season. Caleb Williams is not my QB one in this draft class. I, I, have you have you watched film yet? No, not not. I Caleb Williams and none of the others. Yeah, Caleb Williams is not my his main one. What? I guess there because there's there's you've got twenty percent of the ones online that have May at one. I'm not spoiling it, Kevin. Oh, I didn't know that was a, a spoiler. My apologies. What do you got? Have you boy have you been watching film yet? Have you broken anybody down yet? No, I said I I watched Caleb Williams. I watched Marvin Harrison just because it's fun to oh. watch him just Okay. You know, Man amongst boys. Can I tell you something? You already screwed up. Because I've watched seven wide receivers, and I'm not excited about any of them because I watched Marvin Harrison first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that I, sort of ruins it. Everything yeah. else is just guys guys getting his jock for him. Give yourself a month before you look at any other wide receiver. Don't look at Harrison again. Give yourself a month it's to forget. It's amazing how he's basically his dad – Four, five inches taller. And more dominant early. I don't remember his dad being this dominant in college. Was he? He wasn't dominant, but he was pretty good. I mean, yeah. he was, wasn't coming out the number one overall receiver. No, 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 he wasn't. Talent. He still went pretty high. I think 
didn't they get him in the first round? It was either first or second round. They got him, or he went pretty, pretty. He was a, a day one or early day two guy. I'm, I'm pretty certain. I might be wrong about that. Are you looking it up right now, seeing where he got drafted? I am. Um, he was drafted 37th overall. Okay, yeah, I knew it was either late first day or early second. Yeah, Syracuse. Um, I feel like I didn't realize he went to Syracuse. Oh, yeah, he was a Syracuse boy. Yeah. Interesting. Man, what big, a big East. I don't even know what Syracuse, what Syracuse even in anymore. Is there even such a oh. thing as the Big East anymore? Oh, are they like uh, uh, Syracuse? Are they in the Big Ten now? Mm, I don't maybe. think they're big. Maybe, maybe ACC. Maybe. Who knows? Is that there a Big right. East anymore? I can't. Mm -hmm. They I all just so. college sports is a joke anymore. A total freaking joke. See, they they moved the thing to twelve teams today officially. The college football playoff, of oh. which the top five seeds are the big, the highest ranked five conference champions. It's all just so stupid. And now, so now to win the college championship, if you're ranked five through 12, you got to win four more games. <laughs> they talk uh, about injuries. They talk about this, this NIL mileage yeah. Now you're making all these guys play all these more games. Teams like half your roster leaves and goes to another school every year now. It's just so stupid. Players making Dude, 10 times what the coaches are. Marvin Harrison had five seasons of over 1,300 yards receiving. He was a monster, dude. And uh, it's not like it was all him because he had Reggie Wayne on the other side for most of oh, it. Oh, yeah. So he was sharing. It didn't hurt that when you had Peyton Manning chucking it to you. But hey. – and he was short. What is Marvin Harrison senior? 5'11", 6'? They have him listed at 6'. Yeah, because I saw something the other day that he was closer to 5'11 and that his boy's 6'4". He might but be – But can move into the air like him. Runs a 4'3", 40". Well, Marvin Harrison, man, his body control, dude, he made a few catches. There's one I remember highlight running senior over the middle. Senior. Yeah. Running over the middle, made this weird dive and catch with one yeah. hand. It was incredible. Dude, see, me... a, lot of, a lot of receivers either have the great hands or they have the movement in the air. He was one of those 5% that can do both. Completely change, spin, blah, blah, blah. The ball just sticks to your hands. Shake a guy, boom, 80-yard touchdown. Let me let me give you this eight-year year run of touchdown receptions for Marvin Harrison. Eight consecutive years. You ready? Yeah. 12, 14, 15, 11, 10, 15, 12, 12. Yeah. Dude. He, he's the like old school Mike Evans, except with uh, what? And more inflated, another 20% inflated numbers. Uh, 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 man. Man. Um, real quick before you go with your points, I um I do uh, as far as film goes, I'm excited. I'm I'm deep in it. I I got seven receivers. I told you I've done. I want to say five or six quarterbacks. I'm up to five or six offensive linemen. Brock Bowers. I did no point in a running back. There's no running back going in the first round. I watched film on a couple guys, um, but hopefully be uh, starting on defensive players next week. But watch a running back go in the first round anyway. No, watch you're it happen. Right. After I mean, the like, Gibbs thing this year, yeah, oh, I think I'll, that's going to really put in a couple of GMs heads. Like, well, maybe there's something to getting these running backs early, and that's and tight ends too. I haven't heard a single tight end not named Brock Bowers even floated in the first round. Nope, no, no, me either. I mean, matter of fact, I haven't even heard a name. Yeah, correct at all. Name <laughs> regards to the first round. I don't. I can't name another one in college football. I was just getting ready to say, name one. Wow, dude, you're right. I, I mean, I'm going to get some other side right now. Not a one. I dig a little.
So two quick things for me then. There's one thing that we always call the biggest oh. joke, the biggest <laughs> imaginary aspect another kind of college football Man, of the I NFL. What is the most imaginary thing? If it's real, but completely imaginary, and pretty much almost made up. I'm excited where this is headed because I know the answer is a salary cap. The answer is the salary cap. So they decided what today? The salary cap is oh. going up another $24 million. 243 or something. Yes. So as we've discussed so many times, people get online and they write all this junk on these forums, all these Facebook feeds and all this crap. Oh, I can't believe this. How are they? You people are idiots. We tell you all the time. It's fictional. It's imaginary because you sign these contracts, throw the money down the road when you know by the time it comes to fruition, the cash will be $75 million more. So it's moot. It matters not at all. It's and so you know whose fault this is? stupid. It's Mickey Loomis's fault. This dude was doing it before it was brilliant. Cool. Yes, Saints. he's the trendsetter. Dude. Yes, he started on. Now everyone's full doing. Well, it. it's going to go up twenty million dollars every year. And now with all these, put it on Amazon Prime, and then they're going to put. Now they're talking about maybe putting on Paramount Plus and adding extra games. So the money just keeps going through the roof. So that all that immediately factors into the cap. So the cap goes up twenty to twenty-five million every year. So why not give a guy all this money down the road? It's never going to affect you. There are 11 teams currently right now projected to be in the negative in terms of cap. Yeah, and it means nothing. Wait, wait. The Miami Dolphins are 30th with negative 51 million. The Buffalo Bills are 31st with negative 54 million. Negative 54 million. The New Orleans Saints. Always, are every year. Far less. They're always 80, last. Them and the Eagles always the bottom two. 82 million below. Wow. Imagine, that reminds me of a Facebook feed I saw today. Some guy got on there who, again, has no idea what he's talking about. Running his mouth, how, and just, it just says, look, all he looks at probably online is the straight salary. How Taysom Hill is making about a million more than Christian yeah, McCaffrey and Kelsey today. And I start reading the things like, when is somebody going to mention how this works? I must have read 50 posts, and finally one guy wrote how the money's backloaded. Like, how stupid are you? Do you research any of this before you, you start typing your BS that you know nothing about? Click, click, click. The, the, the overall contracts are not even remotely close in, in total numbers. It's just what their base salary is for an upcoming season. It has nothing to do with signing bonuses, how much money's been thrown down the road. It's just, why write when you're that stupid? Well, someone's got to write dumb stuff, Kevin. Uh, well said. I, I, it's just frustrating. So the other thing with me, I'm going to ask you, in the entire scope, the entire landscape of the NFL, there's one guy who just can't seem to catch a break, who I consider the biggest loser of the NFL the last two seasons, a guy that could have had it all and for whatever reasons hasn't gotten it and made a decision that's really just screwed him over even more. Who is that man? Well, you had me. I had an idea until you say he made a decision that screwed him over. Because I was going to say our guy, Elijah Moore. I'm going to give you one hint. It is not a player. Wow. Oh. Screwed himself over. A guy that just seems to can't catch a break. A guy that 
for all intents and purposes, should have been moved up long ago. And then this oh, last offseason made the dumbest decision. Eric Bieniemy. Absolutely. This guy, I, I, is there a sad, I mean, he makes Byron Leftwich's saga look like walking He's through out. Candyland. He'll never be a head coach now, I don't think. I know. He just completely, he, he kept getting screwed because the Chiefs kept winning. So he never got to have interviews. All the things are taken before he gets a chance to even be interviewed. He I finally like gets a chance to He decides to go to the Commanders? Really? Who called it that that was going to be a total freaking disaster? This guy. Hey, maybe that's an ego, that coach's ego coming out. Like, I'll I show guess. them. So now he's relegated to giving free game pep speeches to his former team for no money. <laughs> I guess uh... – <laughs> What the hell? I mean, has what an awful story. Because I love Eric Bieniemy. He deserves to be a head coach. But you're right; he might never be one now. I don't even know if he'll be an offensive coordinator after that. You know, and it really, really doesn't help that Andy Reid just won the Super Bowl with even less weapons than he yeah. had when Bieniemy was there, and completely without him. And now we one know that just basically proves. Yeah, I mean, didn't yes. necessarily maybe have a lot to do with it. Although I think he did. I'm just saying, but from the outside looking in, yes, it looks like God, maybe this guy just didn't have much at all after all. But wow, what what a poor decision. Yeah. He could have won another Super Bowl with the Chiefs this year. Probably maybe named his position. But no, you go hit your wagon to Ron Rivera and the, and the freaking skins and Sam Howe. Wow. Is there a bigger drop-off in the NFL from than Pat Mahomes to Sam Howe? Don't, I'm sorry. I don't want to get you upset. Calm down. <laughs> That's my guy impression. you're talking about. You get, my, you get Sam Howell's name out of your mouth. <laughs> That's right. Oh, good stuff, buddy. Um, That's all I got, man. I, I'm excited. I am I was talking to, to the old lady the other day, and, like, you know, I'm really struggling to find, you know, a time where, you know, with the newborn and a six year, almost six-year-old and, like, Getting this podcast in because we have to have our schedules line up too, right? And it's just um, going to get harder now, right? And she's like, "Well, you know, it's off season. The Super Bowl's over. Can't you take a few weeks off?" And I'm like, "I'm finally excited." No, this is the part I like because I don't have to sit in here right. pissed off at how screwed I got <laughs> over the weekend. Speaking like of the... which, I did come in third place okay. in the once and done playoff league. Yeah, I was proud of myself well for that because I had a rough start. I had the lowest points in the league in, I think, week one. And I came back to uh, at least coming third out of, like, 15 people. For you. All right, buddy. Um, I'm going to probably bring up some tight ends next week on the show. Do this whole four-year thing in a row, see if we see any trends, things like that. Um, we should talk some Travis Kelsey because he was kind of down and out, but then picked it up with the playoffs. And I don't know what to think of him for next year. I think that I'll, I could tell you now what I think. He'll be a top three guy. That's it. Might be one, okay. might be two, might be three. But barring injury, he'll be in the top three. Not enough tight ends are even used like him to 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 surpass him. Right. So um, I yeah, outside of some crazy scenario, I, I can't imagine he wouldn't be a top three guy. All right, sir. If that's all you got, uh, thank you everybody for taking a listen here or a watch. If you did on YouTube. Make sure you check us out on Spotify and Facebook as well. Get your bell rung football podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I'm Bobby Wall. We'll see you in hopefully a week. See you, people.